What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 153 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Hey, bottle rock's happening. Do people know about that? Is that like a a thing outside of our area? I think so. So Bottle Rock is a concert that's in Napa, California. Yeah, and and it's a lot of bands. It's like a like a kind of Coachella style thing. I went there last year. I saw Bruno Mars, which uh, is worth it. I would say. Yeah, he was cool. Bruno is an entertainer. He was probably like the last good uh, halftime show. Yeah, probably. What what was his? That was legit. I like that. So I mean I guess I just outed myself musically, but I well you know. I don't know that that's your like regular jam. It's no, just, I just I respect the dude that can dance well, and your and wife was like, sing amazingly Let's go and like, okay. Listen, he puts he 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 sets a mood that you know. I got free tickets like three years ago, four oh maybe like five years ago. Shoot, maybe the first or second year, um, and saw uh, Macklemore on like the opening night. Okay. That was all right. Yeah. They sell beer, so that worked. I went with coworkers, and uh, they all learned about my uh, small child's bladder. Got it. Like, we had, like... That's, that's interesting. We had, like, beers on the way or something, or before we left. Oh, no, I drank beers <laughs> before I got picked up. And I'm, like, I'm shocked. And then halfway, halfway there, like, it told them to take back roads into Napa because I was going to have to t- pull over and pee. I feel like we've exhausted the bottle rock conversation here, and we should. Oh yeah, no, I was moving on to peeing. Yeah, okay. and like small bladder. Understood. I don't know why you Understood. moved back to bottle rock. I, I was thought just, we were done with it, but yeah, we're I'm, done. I, I typically try and bring a, a Joe tangent back to where we started, and then I'll move us on, just to remind people of like what you know how it got from point A to point B, and then I say, well, hey, <laughs> what's up, disc golf? We should talk about that. What do you think? We are less than three minutes on the podcast, and you're already trying to actually talk about disc golf. Yeah, it's what do you, what do you what's what's going on? Well, here's the thing: I like talking about disc golf. You like As talking about disc golf. We also like talking about other stuff and things, but you know, really, it's the disc golf that that gets the people here. It's not the it's not the dick jokes or the or the beer conversations. They're really all here because we like to throw discs. So I think that's that's important. Mostly mostly true. I I do even non beer drinkers I've I've heard many times yeah. very much enjoy our beer conversation. They do. They do. I I mean I guess we're also discussing discs, so maybe that's really the part yeah. they dig. And where would we be without like a fresh sinus? Or, or like some, a zone, yeah, yeah. We'd be in the zone. I don't know. Where we're doing uh, where we're going with that. Um, I don't know. It was a it was a Dave Felper joke. I it's, yeah. They all every, every single it's, one it's, of them it's, fails. It's too easy. I uh, I know you put out a second podcast or video, or whatever. I didn't watch it. Um, Wait, I did what? Feldberg did. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. I, I, I didn't watch I, the second one. I I probably will at some point. I watched the first one. I don't know that I watched How? the entire first one. Okay, I was gonna say. Um, so I watched, I don't know, I'd say like three minutes, four minutes, because I just wanted to see it, but um, I had trouble following him, like he was yeah. going off a little bit. Also, um, you know, this is part of the reason why you and I haven't moved towards video yet, 
I look at that and I'm like, is that better than just audio? Like, no, totally. does, does the video help this situation? And I feel like same way with us and me being a kind of perfectionist on, on things graphically and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. I know I'm fat, Robin. You don't need to, you don't need to say, we don't need to put you on video because we don't need a fat guy on video. Thanks a lot, Robin. All right. You got to the point, but I, I was actually going in a whole other direction. I just, you know, I don't think that it helps in that situation. It's clearly just a camera set up in one spot. The previous one was a camera that was him thrown in the field. Yeah. Like remarkably better quality from one angle and then like a, a forward facing camera that was a potato and then, you know, single cam from behind him uh, for his field shots. And it just heard about strikes. They're not really cool. I I don't really like them proceeds to throw it further than any other. Yeah. Proceeds to bomb strike. And, but yeah, it's just, if the video quality isn't great, we're all video quality snobs. Like we all want to see good videos and, I just I don't I'm like unless we're gonna do it really good why why would we? No, totally. I was thinking about that. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, YouTube channels popping up reviewing discs, and yeah, I just we don't have the time for it. We don't have the equipment. for it. I don't it. even know that like we we could probably carve out the time, but but we would either need to rope in someone else that was uh, you know very skilled on the video editing, or one of us would have to learn it. And that sounds like the a real tall mountain to climb. Yeah, I mean it's not. But I did a little bit on it for our patron, pa- Patreon stuff. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not excited about it. There's no part of me that was like, "Woo, I'm ready to cut this up," and I didn't really have to cut it up, which made it a lot easier. Uh, yeah, that's not that's not the world we're in. <clears throat> it well, I mean it's fun, and and of course people. Uh, Joe's talking about our Patreon channel where we actually did release videos of of certain things mostly are in the bags um yeah and things like that so they were very very basic and actually recorded in vehicles on our way to our course yep so you know uh i'm not exactly video experts it's fun here. and we might do stuff like that again but i think the other thing talking about being perfectionists um and i won't name names but i know i watched a video of someone be like all right i'm gonna take this disc i'm gonna throw it on heiser and then proceeds to throw him back. Well, I threw that with Annie. Uh, so please but, disregard. But you could see blah blah, and we would one hundred percent be the people who were like, "Well, we're going to cut that out." Now yeah. you have to run down there, get the disc, come back, and throw it the right way. Like, there's no part of me that would put out something where I like. Yeah, and if yeah. you're if you're recording in a setup like that you don't just move the camera like when we're when you and I do field sessions every week to test the discs that we review on this show we go out there and we throw back and forth sometimes we throw it like with mid-ranges and putters specifically we'll just stand across from each other and throw right. with drivers we always drive and walk back and forth together because there's just really no point well, part mostly because Joe throws way farther than I do, and it's just like super depressing. No, that's not what it is. The other piece is a lot of times when we're throwing distance drivers, um, there's wind, so we make sure that each of us throw the discs. Yeah, going both ways. Yeah, because uh, you know, like if I'm throwing, um, let's call it a strike, whatever. If I'm throwing a strike in a tailwind and Robin's throwing a headwind, it's gonna behave totally different yeah. and not make sense. Like we need to throw it. 
each of us needs to throw it in each wind condition exactly to really understand what it's and doing. what i was getting at to that the exact point or fairly close to it was that with the camera setup you also have to move that and that is yeah time consuming like you you're gonna have a tripod set up for the drive cam you know, and those sorts of things. And then, you know, maybe you've got a drone going on. And with each time you do that, you have to reset up that entire thing. And it's not easy. Uh, so kudos to all of the disc golf media out there that, that does that on a regular basis on the fly while following people that may or may not be, you know, very cognizant of how difficult it is to do that. Right. So I'm just going to throw this out here. Um, we all know Central Coast Disc Golf has picked up a lot of work. They're teaming up more at this golf pro tour. Uh, things are going great. Ian, you probably just quit your job in San Diego. Yep. Move on up to the Bay Area, become a permanent part of our podcast, and then help us with video production for uh, YouTube content. I, I mean, that's exactly Done. what the home run are. makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, that's a, that's right. No one wants to see the top pros throwing really far. They want to see us. Um, they want to see the top Joes <laughs> yeah, yeah, throwing yeah. Uh, I mean, mediocre far. To be fair, who are the top Joes? I like just me. Yeah, it just just this Joe. It wasn't who's that Joe Rivera? Oh, he's definitely oh, top he's Joe. A, he's, a, he's fucking that's heads and shoulders top, he's top Joe. Joe. Yeah, I, yeah. I have no, I'm no yeah. part, I'm not part of that. No, for sure. That plural. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. He is top Joe for sure. Top Joe. Well, people want to see that. I want to see that. But you know what? I think I got Top Robin cornered. It's just like, you know. I mean, there might be an FPL player that, that, <laughs> pe- that people want to watch. Come on, man. It, it would not blow me away if there's an like FPL player. That people <laughs> like, no, we want to see her. No, nah, we'd rather see her. <laughs> we want to see her. Uh, she can beat you for sure. And I'm like, damn it. But very possible. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I couldn't beat a top FPL player. Yeah. No, my, well, for a lot of reasons, yes, but. <laughs> jail being one of them i, I uh, assume I, mean, you were, uh, I, I could not defeat one of them in a disc golf round i yeah i assume you're uh, referring to talent that, being the issue there that's but. what that's what uh i'm talking about not like playing rugby against a, a young lady and <laughs> all right lighting well her we've up got a great show for you guys getting, tonight like, the nickname lady killer in high school <laughs> uh like someone i know <laughs> robin wow got. wow what you know, I I just try to treat people equally, and when you're on the athletic field, it's it's all about equality. And so, if you're never mind, Joe, <laughs> I'll get back to it. We've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to talk about the Masters Cup, recap the action in Santa Cruz, California. We are going to preview the Portland Open, and then we're going to do our world famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Discmania DD3, which is a 12-speed, five-glide, minus-one-turn, three-fade distance driver, and we're going to pair that with Revengeful Spirit by Stone Brewing Company and 8.1% Imperial IPA. So, uh, it's probably going to get weird by the end of that uh, that 8.1. Well, it doesn't help that I... Uh... Had a 7.2 uh, during the pre-show um, and possibly beverages before that. And wow. now I'm rocking a 10.5 on my way to that 8.1. Wow. This is uh, That was already like a 17-minute a uh, digression tangent for the intro. and I mean, it was 10, but, you know. Felt, felt like 40. <laughs> Feldberg 40. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we covered a lot of a lot of ground there. It was it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> now hopefully we can just fly through the rest. No problems. Right? Well, yeah. I don't think we should plan to make a short show because every time we're like, we're just going to get in and out. It's like no, the longest ever. And it, I'm fine with that, though. We plan to have, we're like, all right, we're going to bang this out. We're going to get to bed early. We're going to feel great tomorrow. I'm going to bang this out. And then sleep real good. we run 98 minutes on the podcast, drink seven beers, and feel like crap the next day. It's, that, that, uh, that happens a decent amount of time. It's uh, the planning fallacy. We just... We just get out there. We had legitimate plans to do something. We just didn't understand that we're not capable of executing We're that. just too good. Just too good. That wasn't at all what I was... We're just too good, Robin. No, that's not definitely not the issue. It's not It's not about talent. Really, definitely not about talent. Uh, gift to Gab's a talent, my friend. Uh, mm. He's also uh, an MC for Blacklicious. <laughs> uh, he's real good. He's real good. <laughs> Just throw that out there. No, it was good. That was uh, informational. It was, that's what our podcast is about. Hard-hitting. <laughs> Hip-hop relevancy. Hot takes. Which probably actually isn't relevant anymore because Blacklicious was like real big like in 2000. Pure journalism. Oh, God. We're old. Yeah. Yeah. You're... Um, you know, just to continue tangents because that's fun. Um, I judged, uh, judged senior projects last night. Wow. Um. And so all these were seniors, any of them. I did my girlfriend's backyard. Was that uh, no? Is that what yours was? Yep. Uh, no, but none of them were uh, either. I recorded a CD with my band. True. Hey, but that was a great CD. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was great. Doc Savage, get after it. Um, no, like there was a young guy. I really liked the song about about being a brooding teenager. Uh, all that was of great. them. <laughs> <laughs> that was played on a piano in your house possibly thousands of times yeah 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 that happened yeah you know a lot that song yep that one um there was a young guy who first senior project learned to play ukulele and taught a ukulele class but uh didn't bring in his ukulele or play ukulele hmm. you know like been a real easy way to bump your grade that's, sounds that's like cool. maybe he didn't actually learn how to do that yeah, that could be bad. Yeah, he also looked like he was gonna pass out every time he said a sentence. Uh, anyways, <laughs> my whole point to that you're going way back about how old we are. Um, people that were born in the 2000s are over 18. Some are even 19. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Wow, that's so a, old. That was some math. That was probably math that was relevant. Like you know several months ago too well yeah but i didn't think about it because i didn't <laughs> go to see, oh man i almost threw that lint into your beer that would have been great that would not have been great <laughs> Why would... no uh anyways we're old that was butt uh, lint too probably no it's it from in my pocket mm. <laughs> i don't i don't usually... i don't know i don't know what you do with your pockets <laughs> i put them in my butt Okay. All right. So Master's the Masters Cup, Cup <laughs> in Santa Cruz, California, played at De La Viega, famous course, and then they also played the final round at the De La Viega golf course. So there is uh, two rounds that are played on the main course, which is uh, it's 24 holes for the tournament course. There's technically, if you play every single 
you know, possible one. I think there's 29 that can be played at, at De La. Um, but there's a, a 27 hole layout that's played by most of the locals on a regular basis. So, um, slightly different layout this year too for, for the course. So they, they started, um, uh, instead of starting on your traditional hole one, they started on what would have been, um, hole 22, I believe in, in past or 21 in past tournaments. So let's see if, uh, if 20, top, 24, no, 24 would be top of the world. Oh, and past, you're right, right. I'm yeah. thinking about actual regular layout. Yeah. Regular layout, it'd be 24. It'd be. And, and top of the world would be 27. But, but the yes, people yes, listening yes. are mostly tournament I know. Layout. So 21. I, yeah. So in, in past tournaments, now the 21. Right. So it's a hole that is a kind of uphill bomb, really. And most of the time, actually both times, it was in the center location, not the high left location. Yeah. So uh, really starting off the tournament with a hole that you just have to shoot uh you know really put a, a power drive down to get there and then the next hole is way uphill um and then the the third hole is top of the world which they shortened no third hole fourth hole is, sorry fourth hole yeah third um, hole is the tunnely yeah like f- almost 400 foot shot yeah like 370 yeah something like that um but they also shortened the top of the world and yeah. so that it, the parking lot and the the uh, you know, distort that's there doesn't come into play. So. Yeah, it just makes an easy grenade hole. Uh, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. yeah. So I I kind of liked it. One, um, I think that that shortening the top of the world, while it's a super cool shot, I think makes sense for just general play. Not having that that hole putting everyone in danger mm-hmm. because it really is. I mean, it's it's. 30, 30 feet from the road in that position, maybe maybe 35. And right across the street is a little disc shop and a sitting area where people hang out. Yep. And Lots just yep. to the left of that is a parking lot where everyone parks. Yep. And then there's a practice basket and another hole. And it I very easily can get my disc to all of those places. Oh, yeah. It's I, not... I've, I think I've, we both have. <laughs> you regularly hear people out there being like "parking lot" because yeah. they, you know, misfired on a disc and they're gonna shoot that into the parking lot. So shortening it up, I think, makes a lot of sense. I'm um, just reducing the danger, and just for you know, just the flow of the course, like starting at that spot makes sense. Um, so I kind and of then, alluded to it. Daylight is is regularly 27 holes so there's a ton of holes between 20 uh 20 i think and yeah i mean 24. i opened with the fact that it had there's like a potential of 29 holes and normally 27 for locals i know but i'm just pointing out that there's like a big gap in space to move from 20 to 24 yeah, so yeah, it t- totally. makes total sense because you finish everything's so like the bottom of uh Top of the world feeds right into hole yeah. one. It makes the finishing hole, uh, I, uh, which is also a real finish at the parking. A lot. great hole. It yeah. puts it right at the parking lot. Yeah, and, and makes more sense. And the traditional hole one, which is that double mando, um, that that you have to go way uphill. That is incredible. Do you see Ricky's shot in the in round one? Yeah. Oh man. Well, so here's the thing too. Um, at this point, Robin and I have each played Dela several times, 
So we totally understand all of it. But Daylight is definitely one of those courses that film does not do justice. The elevation changes. Yeah. Like you can't really understand how steep or how, how uphill shots are. Like that whole one, it, well, our whole yeah. five or whatever. Traditional hole one in uh, this tournament is, would be hole five. Is, or- is super duper uphill. I mean, whole and I'll the I, for the tournament hole two is super uphill. Yeah, it is. Like wildly, like walking to your disc up the hill is full on hike mode. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it, especially when you play it regular and it's like your twenty fifth <laughs> hole and you're like, I'm so tired. This I know. sucks. Yeah, um, it's a it's a stomp. Well, even um, hole one for the tournament. And I know uh, Jerm and and uh, Nate brought this up. I think it, it, it says it's like a 340-foot hole, but it takes like 450 power. Yeah. It's it's a crush to get where they are. And to see like Rick and some of those dudes throwing fairways is gross and awesome at the same time. Yeah, totally. So I, I kind of like the, the rearrangement they did. I thought that was well done. I almost feel I I do think so, um, but my only thing is, <laughs> just for my own sake, I mean I get it. The more we talked about it, I was super anti. But now that we've been talking about, it, but I almost feel like they should have just kept the the standard numbering and just said we're starting at hole twenty four, and this is tw- like Jomez could have been like twenty four twenty five. Yeah, and just kept the the actual hole number. It didn't bug me too that much enough to to need that. I still, I mean, understood it. It, it. did, and for the but I get it. The casual person that has never been there before, it right. didn't matter. Totally. You know? So it it would make way more sense for them to see hole one, uh, you know, starting on hole one, front twelve, back twelve, that sort of thing. So that that made the most sense, rather than just appeasing a few of us that have played the course. So. There's more than a few of us, but yes, 100. percent I agree. Yeah, but by comparison, so it overall, it was uh that that part I liked. Um, I still I understand why they they play the the ball golf course on the third round. I still wish they would play the ball golf course in the middle and play uh, De La again. Like if you went De La, ball golf, and then De La, like I just feel like the course deserves to finish on the course that made it. You know. A, a historic tournament and an NT. Like I, I just, that's how I feel. I don't, uh, you're not going to change my mind. I honestly don't know why they play the ball golf course. That too. I, I, I can't, like I, you said, I understand. I was like, I don't understand. I honestly, I don't understand why they play the ball golf course. So the, the, for me, when I say I understand it, it's for the people filming it, and not everyone agrees with this, but for the people filming, it would technically be easier to get shots than in a a fairway. I don't know that it results in better disc golf coverage. Like, would they prefer that? I, I maybe not. But it's a lot easier to track a throw and and things like that and in that sort of thing. Um, it's way easier for spectators. There's way more That's room. True. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. designed for it. So that part of it, you're expecting a big crowd on the final day to come and watch the players. I still feel like we're not that big and most of the hardcore people would rather squeeze their way through Poison Oak on Hell yeah. on De La Viega. On De La. Like De La. <laughs> so, 
um, I that part I don't get. I I also uh, heard, and so I'll, I'll I heard this and then I reached out to Ian afterwards. But on another disc golf podcast, Ian said that they had to rent that ball golf course and that it was a five figure number to rent it. Well, Ian was on another disc golf podcast. He was, yeah. He's he's a little bit of a podcast slut. I'm just gonna say it, Ian. Ian. Sorry, man. Uh, but uh, he, so he said five figures to rent that ball golf course. So that would be minimum ten thousand dollars. And that could have just gone to players. And and I'm just like, uh, all right, that that is just staggeringly ridiculous to me i can't even i i can't imagine on a tournament budget that that would make sense when that could have gone to so many other things i just don't and for us the the viewers would understand if it was um you know a course that wasn't an iconic top tier destination course that daylight is yeah even i mean if you were building your tournament and the whole tournament was being played on that ball golf course and you're renting it for that specific reason yeah that makes sense but to just like you're saying you have this already you know majestic freaking disc golf course i just i i had to like re-listen that and be like okay maybe he doesn't understand what five figures means. Maybe he thought they spent, you know, a hundred and eighty dollars or yeah. or like fifteen hundred dollars or But yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> like split it up or even <clears throat> like with something like Glen Eagles, that's a little different because they're building that tournament around that course. Oh totally. Like that they are making a new and they they've been successful in it. And that's a different story. Whereas Dela, they've already got the great course that everyone knows and and it presents its challenges that are super unique to that specific course. They don't need to reinvent the wheel there and create a new one. Well, that's I like when you ta- just, when you talk about Glen Eagles, right? Um there is an iconic course in San Francisco, but it's totally different than Santa like Dela is purely a disc golf course. It's an awesome, fantastic yeah. disc golf course. Um, I was alluding to Golden Gate Park, which is one of our favorite courses. It's it is iconic in my mind. I think anybody who visits the Bay Area, aside from playing De La, they'll play Golden Gate. Be like that's one of my favorite courses yeah. ever. But it is in Golden Gate Park, which is an epic, huge spot for the city of San Francisco that people are roaming mm. through all the time. I understand that. Yeah. Not having a tournament there because there's so much foot traffic, there's so many events, there's so many permits. Like I get it. De La is not in that same realm. And they shut it down for events uh regularly, but it the only thing that, that keeps it out is just like masses of people, you know, tens of thousands of people going into that area, and it's just like that's what it is. Whereas a disc golf tournament, it's business as usual going through that area. Like, it's just not, you can't shut it off and make it disc golf only. There'll be joggers, pedestrians, people riding their bikes on a regular basis. It just would never, ever work. Jump houses, barbecues. Like, they already do a great job with their their San Francisco Safari Tournament and stuff like that on on its own. Um, 
and and to try and put together a a disc golf pro tour event there would be difficult. Gun Eagles is but, a great solution for it. Oh, totally. So, uh, I guess we should probably get to like tournament results. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that we need to talk a whole bunch about really anything except for the fact that um, I think Paul McBeth's going to retire. <laughs> he's he's just not good at disc golf anymore. This is, uh, what, a couple weeks in a row now of... Just washed up. Of just... Worshed up. Yeah. I mean, I, I have faith. Hashtag wife life. I know I've been uh, skeptical in the past, but I think that that Paul McBeth is going to make a comeback. I think it'll be all right. I I, be all right. I just, I got a hunch. I think it's going to be okay. All right. 100% though, like glory, I, I picked glory, him to win. <laughs> glo- glory be to Garrett Gerthy. Yeah. Great, great win for Garrett Gerthy uh, going 27 down. Um, it, he very much seemed to benefit from the ball golf course, but he, cause he went into the final round with what a one stroke lead. Yeah. And then, but that's like, that's him rolling in one stroke lead to like the course that is built for him. Yeah. Well, I mean though, even on hole one, he then threw oh my a fantastic roller and got saved by a tree. Trees is saved. He was very, <laughs> he was very close to having OB and, and, you know, not picking up that stroke there, that soul birdie. Uh, on that one, but then he just really, from that point, continued to just put it on. Um, randomly, uh, go actually not randomly. Going along with Garrett Gerthy, <clears throat> I have realized that uh, I have taken some auxiliary discs out of my bag. I one hundred and ten percent have room to put the Sonic back in. Oh, okay. I'm I'm putting the Sonic back in my auxiliary. Uh... That was, I mean, one of the most enjoyable things about watching Garrett Gerthy through this tournament is seeing. You know, we always talk about distance throwers and things like that, and but he was throwing rocks and Sonics all over the place and and doing just fine. He's so good. He had a great interview. Or well, let me, uh, uh, Corey uh, Johnny Discoff had a great interview with him. Prior to the tournament, I think the day before, um, talking about playing De La, talking about Santa Cruz. Uh, actually, this would have been a great time if we like <laughs> went back to plugging sound in and playing Exers. But anyways, he was talking about uh, the fact that they parked their trailer in Grass Valley and were basically treating the trip down to Santa Cruz as a vacation. Nice. Like, he was like, you know, we're just uh, hanging out, eating good food, hanging in the atmosphere. We parked our trailer. It's kind of just like a nice vacation. And then he just went out and shredded. And a piece of it, too, is he has too much power for standard De La. Yeah, he, he does. He just does. There's not a hole that, aside from I-5, but still not even that, that's more placement than it is power. Yeah, the real For someone deal, of an arm like that. Like, you take all 200 of those trees away and he can easily oh yeah put a hyzer Spike on into that. it yeah pure hyzer the entire way yeah no problem um but to power down and play a course that isn't built for his strength is fantastic and to roll into the final day with a lead i think we gotta get rid of that what i was getting at with the the rocks and the sonics oh is, yeah I don't think we can say that about Garrett Gerthy anymore. Garrett Gerthy can 
one hundred percent. It's not he gets. He can it. play in the forest. That's fine. Oh yeah, and and he can do. Uh, he can do. What was it? Uh, back like, handsprings. And I I think that wasn't even a, a logical thing with him. I think we just automatically assume and his younger years too, just because he's a distance thrower that he can't you know do Touch those yeah. do those other things the touch shots so but I, he's i think he's matured uh as a as a disc golfer from his kind of post round interview comments that he had and stuff like that just learning to to be a little bit smarter a little bit more of a tactician and and making use of those shots so the other thing speaking of tact forest tacticians we got michael johansson for what i believe is the first time yeah this is well. He which, has never really toured. This is his first year, like really getting out there, which is awesome. So, which I guess I knew that, but then I heard it and I was like, "What? Hold on, just like really, like n- not like really." Uh, and and it because it just made all the sense in the world. Like this, this is a place. This is an MJ course. This is a place for, for sure. Him. This is yeah. A, this is his thing. And and sure enough, he did well. You know, he 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 banged some putts and. You know, played played really well, but it was still just kind of like, whoa! Oh, he banged I, some I can't long believe, plays. Can't believe we didn't we didn't get that. So, um, yeah, I mean, here I'll just I'll roll through the uh, the top ten. Uh, well, I want to do one shout out before we get to like he's outside of the top ten. He just had a real rough final round, um, but on on Dela on the main course. Matt Bell did work. It's a it's a local course for him. He did a great job. He was on the the uh, the uh, lead card for the final round and just just had a rough go. But I just want to shout him out as as a Santa Cruz local that he is. I think he deserves that. Agreed. So as we said, got in, some video time too. Totally. Uh, in first place, place Garrett Gerthy with a twenty seven down. Uh, next. Six strokes off of that lead, wild stuff. Simon Lazat, who does work at De La, and I knew he would, and I'm proud of that boy. Uh, Ricky Waisaki in third at a minus 19. Calvin Heinberg, who's just continued to be impressive. I will say, though, I know there's a lot of people, once he had his win, I think in Vegas, were like, oh, this is like, who's this guy, up-and-comer, like, watch out. He's been doing it for some years. He was just kind of in that same yeah. world of MJ. He stayed really regional, and now he's getting out and showing off. But he he's been a, a top pro for a minute. Well, and also, video is more prevalent than it's ever been. Totally, uh, we're getting more and more people new to the sport watching these videos, and so sometimes people that we you know knew about peripherally are not uh, you know on the on the kind of hot button for most of these tournaments. Uh, and then in fifth at a minus 17, Eric Oakley doing work pretty positive, shooting the hot round on the ball golf course uh, through a minus 10 like a G. It's great to see his name up there. He uh, has all the tools, possibly nicest guy on the tour. Eric Oakley? Yeah. I don't know. I've never met him. He just, like, if you've watched any... I mean, he, he seems like solid dynamic dude. disc like videos and that he just seems and like he was on the the back in the day starter pack challenge stuff like yeah just seems like one of the nicest dudes there is Paul and Paul Uliberry Macbeth tied for sixth oh and Eagle 
Uh, oh, man, Eagles washed up, too. All washed up at minus 16. <laughs> um, retirement will be great for those three. James Conrad doing work, uh, minus 15, which, again, for someone who doesn't throw forehands, uh, that's that's doing some work. There's definitely some forehand heavy holes. Uh, and just with the amount of trees and, and the amount of rough and – Going off the fairway, having some yeah, but he's got roll. those 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 putter. Oh shots. God, I know he's so good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you don't need the forehand when you can throw a putter like that at Dela. Uh, Coling, speaking of forehand, uh, did really well. Mm. Had had a, a rough couple holes on the final day that knocked him down, but minus fifteen and ninth, uh, and then eleventh or no, oh yeah, eleventh dollar. Kevin Jones and Matt Oram all at minus fourteen. Another great thing, Matt Dollar, I know he's kind of touring more now, too, with MVP. And I know in our Slack group, people talked about, uh, yeah, there's a lot of big MVP fans in our Slack group. And they're like, Matt Dollar, I wonder how he'll do, like, in trees. And multiple people, myself included, jumped up and said, he is from Atlanta. Like, that Atlanta is. Atlanta has lots that, of trees. That is the, the deal there. So, he plays well there. He's going to do just fine. You know, it's funny. Like, same thing with Garrett Gerthy. Um, it, like it, that kind of stigma of being a distance thrower and people can forget about the part that, oh, well, they, they also grew up and they had to throw this or that. And, yep. And he grew up in Florida and had all sorts of silly stuff to play in. Yeah, exactly. Plenty of trees and roots. Yep. And sand and weird and alligators and who knows. Yeah. Uh, so moving to the FPO, um, we got one pick right. We did. We got one pick right. FBO. Thanks, ladies. We appreciate it. <laughs> Katrina Allen, seven strokes over second place. Katrina Allen is just she's, a thug. She's so good. She's so good. She's putting confidently and putting in, and her drives, her drive never really wavered. Um, I feel like her forehand is better this year than it has Everything. Been. She's just... She's just got that killer instinct too. She does. She's just like she clamps down and and just just doesn't give up strokes. It's it's awesome to watch. It's fantastic it and it, to also you know going along with it her her distance skill and and things like that to also see her putting all other facets of her game together. So it's it's incredible. Like I I honestly there were times last year and and the year before where I I didn't think that it was possible just like we were talking about like a one trick pony she's gonna have this big drive but can she make the putt or when she goes out in the rough can she save it this tournament she was just basically down the middle the entire time she didn't make a lot of mistakes at all and she continues to make her putts she's driving with all kinds of accuracy it's it's fun to watch so here's here's big question so i think three years ago was when she dominated. Paige had a rough year. Yep. So three years ago, um, I 100% feel, and I bet there's numbers to back it up, but I'm not looking them up, that uh, she is playing even better this year than she did that year that she dominated. I would imagine because so. Because I think the competition is playing better. Like I, I, I don't, I don't want to yeah. stand out here and say that the Pages or Sarah or Madison or Jessica, any of them are playing poorly. I think the overall 
level of play has gone up across the board. She's just playing that much better this year. I I totally agree. I I I would have to look back, but I don't think that anyone finished under par last year. I doubt it. At 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 day, at day law and for, I think there's the a Masters few Cup. tournaments that she's finished under that probably no one finished under so previous. For her to finish two under in in this one um, on a very challenging course, and then that that you know bomber of a ball golf course that's that's impressive. So she came out the ball golf course three under, which put her two under, which means she played two rounds at day law and was only one over. one over. Yeah, yeah, that's forty eight holes too. Wow. That's not no. That, we say two rounds, That's but wow. But it's it's actually you know closer there to three. There are so many opportunities to throw goofy numbers on De La Prop. Oh yeah, there are so many places to triple, quadruple, do bad things that'll hurt your heart, and to come out of two full twenty-four well, and- whole rounds at one up is bananas and we also haven't even talked about the weather really that much either yeah uh there was massive rainstorms that came through for, oh, bad for this entire too. thing so yeah. uh there was rain before uh and then friday wasn't so bad but there was still some weather saturday was wet as hell and like, then we played in that up here yeah and our we sucked yeah like it was awful we joe and i played disc golf in the rain and I did okay until everything I had got soaked. Yeah. And then I could no longer keep my disc dry. And then it was like, oh, my my extra towel inside my bag, it soaked through the bag, and now that's wet, too. Yeah, yeah. Shit. And, you know, we had umbrellas with us. We brought extra towels. It's just, it's really hard to play well in the rain. You have to be extremely prepared. You have to be diligent as to how you handle the moisture on your hands, the disc, and in your bag. And, uh, you know, keeping it protected the whole time. And it's really, really hard. And it makes everything just that much more difficult when you've got a little bit of wetness on your grip or whatever it is. Even you get your disc totally dry, you get your grip in your hand, and then it's pouring rain. You're standing on the tee pad. It's water is going to get on your hands and the disc in that time. And. She yep. still played well. She did. She did. Uh, so, Cat finished in first, seven strokes behind her, three tied for second. Uh, Paige Bierkus, Paige Pierce, Sarah Hokum, all at plus five for the tournament. We scroll down a little bit. Yes, sir. Madison Walker with a plus eight and fifth. Rebecca Cox with a plus ten and sixth. And she started. She had a. She started out pretty hot in the. First half of round one, and then just played okay from there. Elaine King, the vet, the champ, uh, at a plus 14 and seventh. Jennifer Allen, an eighth at plus 17. Camille Svier. Nice. I like it. Maybe. Plus 19. Skyweer. Skyweer. Squeer. And, uh, uh, of course, the stink bomb. <laughs> Erica Stinchcomb. At plus twenty, sorry, Erica. So like really that. Sorry. See how nuts that is. That is a twenty-two stroke different difference from first place to tenth place. Can we go to MPO real quick? I don't, it, yeah, sure. It's totally possible. It's that big of a difference, but I don't think so. It, no, I don't think it was because you had you had tenth place. Yeah. So tenth place would have been 
14 and a half, basically, if you want to yeah. do. Uh, so 13 strokes. Yeah. 13. That's wild. Yeah. Wild stuff. But, uh, you know, good on him. Great Wait, Joe's courses. only saying that, that point five because there's technically no 10th place. There was a, yeah. t- a tied nine and a tied 11. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not just Robin being understood. silly. Yeah. Um, uh, right. I'm just looking at this doing random math real quick. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> I felt it was important. Like, we're we're legitimately stupid sometimes. Um, but I just wanted to, you know. Listen, I can't read, but I can math. We were being intentionally stupid in this case. Yeah. Uh, great tournament. Someday, maybe even next year, I'll get out to it. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> it probably would hurt my heart a little bit to go out to daylight just to watch and not get to play. Well, the other thing, too, is is that this is this whole run. So this is how it's going to be. You got your San Francisco Open. You've got the Masters Cup. I would definitely 100%. They're just running that yeah. California train, and so you're going to have to be like, hey, honey. Uh, well, my wife maybe loves. Maybe you alternate. My wife loves Santa Cruz. Yeah. Like, I can make it family vacation, but I also, big even, banana though, slug lover. even though I'm quote unquote part of disc golf media, if I went and the final day was at the ball golf course, I would go play. <laughs> would you really? I think so. I don't think you'd be able to. I'd be able to get my media pass. I left. I need to look at something. I mean, I'm here. sure you could. I'm sure there are people that do. I just know parking would suck. You're not going to get in that parking lot. That's oh, that's for, I, that's for sure. You Uber there, man. There you go. Well, all right. That's what I did last time I played there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, shoot. you and your fancy Ubers. You're my, ordering a, ooh, a driver lifts, from your phone. My lifts. Um, but it's it's hard to go to course like that and not play. Yeah, agreed. It it that's the other thing too. Like the we've got the Portland Open here that's coming up and uh and then Beaver State Fling. And we had talked about cuz we went to Portland not long ago. We had talked about going for like the Beaver State Fling and then ultimately we're like, "No, if we go, we need I to play, play the course." Yep, yep. Like, I, I don't w- want to go to I don't want to go out there to watch Milo. Like, <clears throat> if I'm going out there I want to play it. Yeah. I, and I think that's something disc golf is still working on too, in terms of the the spectators and getting that out there. I still think the majority of people out there agree with us. They would rather play disc golf than watch disc golf, and that's still something that disc golf's trying to figure out. And I don't think they've quite solved it yet. So it has to get to the point where. It's either so prevalent that it's much easier for us to play and that we're willing to do that or that the, you know, play or the experience of the experience of viewing outweighs outweighs. Yeah, exactly. So and they haven't done that yet in disc golf. Like the experience of viewing is okay, but you're largely just following and like trying to crowd into certain places and try to get it get a view and and things like that and there's amenities for you but it's not perfect you're still just hiking through a forest half the time and and then there's like an asshole like me at sfo who's like i'm just gonna go to the front i'm like just be by the players because i don't really know what is right or not but luckily i have this like lanyard on that says vip so no one's gonna say anything so (laughs) it's cool but you know and they're trying it with the ball golf courses that's part of you know, the idea is that create more space, more comfortable space, more safe space. 
for spectators, and then maybe we'll we'll get that flip. But at the moment, yeah, I think most people would rather go play their round than than watch a round. I I think that's even if you're watching Paul McBeth and Eagle or or you know Garrett Gerthy, Simon Lazat, Ricky Wysocki, you know that Eagle McMahon. <clears throat> that's they need group. to start selling experiences. To yeah. play cards, to get play cards with them. Oh, okay. Like poker. Like, like if there was, sorry, if there was, so a lot of tournaments have like the am weekend. I love, I love your. I'm not even going to dignify nope, that right. face. <laughs> a lot of a lot of tournaments have the am weekend previous to the tournament, which makes sense, and the the am champ gets to get on the lead card and blah blah. blah. I propose you move that AM weekend to where, like, maybe three weeks prior or whatever, and the weekend before, you, like I said, sell experiences. Um, yeah, th- those those are only two left. I had, I drank the other four in one sitting. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good thing. If, it's, if, good thing it's only eight point one percent alcohol. If I could even like play one hole or two holes with like. Rick and Simon and Paul or Nate and what like just to play one like reinforces how amazing they are. But it's just like I, I don't know. I, I think they are not Can I make you just like a plain white t shirt that just has Eagle Man's face on it? And like you could go to a tournament wearing it, <laughs> dude. I might. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be against that. Like an extra, extra lot. Like a triple X. Like goes past my knees. No, no. I'm just a normal XL, like a regular shirt that you would wear. Eagles. You know, I I've brought up so many times. I'm just thinking like how awesome it would be, and you would instantly become people. But did you see like there that, would be pictures of you? There's like, there this guy. is a um. Well, and plus like, I don't know. I just think. Can I do it, please? There's not the athletes in disc golf at this point haven't transcended to the world of the other pro sports. Yeah, of course not. That there are. No. Like they're much more everyday guys than they're they're extremely accessible. Like and, if I went know. up to high five Jimmy Garoppolo, I would be tackled and put in jail. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> like you don't touch the pretty. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Agreed. Uh, I mean, there's... <laughs> I also don't want you touching Jimmy Garoppolo. I won't. So. No, no. He please, needs to preserve please his... Please don't do that. ...his beauty and his uh, his physicality. Um, do you remember that video? There's a video of some dudes playing disc golf with, like, Rick and Rico and yeah, Nico. Yeah, and Nico. Yeah. Um, it was played at the uh, the ball golf course that's now closed. Yeah, Sun Sunrise. Yeah, I think so. Uh, in Sacramento, um, I wonder how much they pay. Like that not, would be not enough. Shit. No, no, I swear that one dude. Yeah, God, that one. He should have gotten just jump kicked in the face. Drunky. Um, I if if that was one of my friends, if we if someone pulled out together for like my birthday and that was one of my friends, um, like you know back in the day, Kyle. Take him out back and beat him with a hose. I would just, I would tell, I would fucking hundred percent, especially it was my birthday and there was some motherfucker. Be like, I'd be like, go home. <laughs> like someone call him an Uber. <laughs> going back to Uber, he's going home. Like I, that's not not okay. Whatever, probably would have been you. No, <laughs> no, 
shut up. You know I'm not. I uh, the drunk part, yes. The obnoxious like <clears throat> chihuahua. Wah, 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 wah. Never. That's not my. That's never been my. No, you're definitely not MO. loud at all. Oh, I'm loud, but I'm more fun. They'd be like, this guy's fun. We want to be his friend. Not, uh, I'm going to punch him in the face because he sucks. <laughs> and he sucked like real bad, too. Well, it'd be more like, I can't punch that guy in the face because he looks like a brick shit house. And Well, I, that's different, too, because this guy was like a little shit. probably going to hurt my hand. Um, also, he was real bad at disc golf. I'm mediocre. <laughs> wow. Just, Anyways. Just piling on random uh, video from like five years ago, guy. Watch the video and you'll do the same thing. Watch the video and you will pile on too. You won't feel sorry for this guy. Oh man. Anyways, <laughs> um, was that was that on? Where did that get released? Do you remember? I don't. I think it was a random. I think it was like might have been probably that dude's channel. <laughs> that Pavo's channel, or was that... I don't think so. I think it was like someone just linked it to us or something. Got it. I don't even think it was a, a mainstream disc golf channel. It wasn't a pure Heiser production i don't think so yeah i don't think so either um, all right do you want to we we should probably get on to portland open we should i'm just saying start selling more uh things like that that's all <clears throat> all right so uh the disc golf pro tour event portland open that uh is going to be played at blue light blue lake disc golf course so uh and the we, one we didn't play it the, the the one we did not play but uh this is sponsored by bevel brewing and I saw they've got their their beer they now released, which in cans in cans, which looks fantastic. Which we need to figure out what's going on with that. So, um, if you're in Portland and you feel like shipping us a box of beer, Tyler, know, hey, what's up, Caleb, Tyler, Caleb. So, if you're going to watch this and you can get cans of that beer, yeah, you know what to do. So this is uh, Nate Doss uh, Homeland, and then you've got Jeff Spring is the TD for this one. He he uh, did the. Um, disc commentary, golf yeah. commentary that that worked out pretty well. So maybe we'll see more of that, but hopefully not because he's TD and needs to TD stuff. You know, hella <laughs> tournament DN. You were saying TD, it sounded like something else. <laughs> <laughs> what? What was? All right. Well, uh, what do you, should we just do picks? I don't know if there's much else to. Yeah, and like I said, cover. I mean, it's Portland. It's uh, there's going to be some water, I assume, because it says Blue Lake. So typically that means that there's going to be a lake present. Well, there's a river at Milo, but it doesn't That's true. Come in. But, a well, ton. the park is called River Bend and a lot of people call it River Bend Disc Golf Course. So there's there's that too. That's what I'm saying, but the so, river doesn't come into play a I, ton. You know, that was probably my biggest takeaway from Milo and maybe I'm just an idiot, but I did not realize how close the river was the majority of the time. No, because the pros don't fucks with that. Yeah, because the pros don't throw over the fence that has a cliff down to the river. Yep. So exactly that. And then on the other holes where it's like a you know a river bank with willows and the creeks like or river is not that far. So um, yeah, when you suck, it's really easy to to find that. Yeah, you like often. Real bad news, real quick. Yeah. So, but beautiful, really beautiful. Oh yeah. Uh. I think you won picks because I, I remember just wanting to die thinking back on mine. Well, you put Anthon in and he... Well, that was for Grip 6. I can't remember what, what oh, I said okay. on the show. I, I, I know that uh, I chose Paul to win. I didn't pick Eagle and I didn't pick Simon. And, oh, and uh, I picked both of them. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So I think I picked Rick, Eagle, Simon, and Paul. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I even... Oh, you really yeah. went on a limb there. That was uh, quite the... 
uh, contrarian picks there. Well, I won, so <laughs> <laughs> you know you can talk all you want, but you know winning combination. Uh, so I believe uh, I'll start in fourth place, and we'll we'll go back to our old school four three two one each. Be um, careful about Josh Anthon. I'm not. I'm going to start with uh, fourth place. Will be one Jaime Conrad. Oh, okay. <clears throat> hmm. That. Uh, are you sure that's how you pronounce his name? No, it's James. Oh, okay. Just checking. I I wasn't totally sure. I'm but, actually fully aligning. But my, you've been doing my, like the readouts. I'm fully aligning my aligning my grip six. By the way. Oh, you are okay. Yeah. But we're still. That was fourth place, right? Yep. So I just have to pick four players, and then we'll be good. Yep. I think I can do this. <clears throat> All right. In fourth place, I'm picking Nate Sexton. In third place, I'm taking Nate Sexton. In in third place, I'm taking Richard Wysocki. In second place, I'm taking one Richard Wysocki. This is very interesting. What do you suppose is going to happen next? You're going to have Simon and Eagle, and I'm only going to have one of them. That's exactly what's yep. happening. I'm taking Simon Lazat in second place. I'm taking, well, then we're both going to have the same. I have Eagle in first. I'm going to take Eagle. Yeah, so I, I took Simon out. Um, he's definitely was on, on the fence for me, but uh, <laughs> I love you so much, Simon. Like, you're my favorite, but you did real good last week. And I just haven't you're seen probably right. consistency week to week. Yeah, you're probably right. So I, I just you know I'm I'm tired of living on the edge. I just yeah, right, and who knows? With that on that same note, we didn't pick Garrett. No, and there's totally a chance that he bombs because he just had a great yep. week. There's a, totally a chance too that he just Easily. like locked in and is a destroyer of worlds. Uh huh. So I'm excited to see what happens. But this course still favors a big arm. Um. And and I, I think it's important to note that. So, in fourth place for FPR, I'm going to take Paige Birkus. Oh, okay, uh, I am going to take. Oh, I'm going to take Sarah Hookham in fourth place. And third place, I'm, stupid. I'm I, take I know. Sarah. And then it's it's Paige Cat. Like let's just yeah quit while yeah. we're ahead. And I was going to take Birkus in third. So so Th- Paige, it's just Paige Cat. These four in my opinion, are just head and shoulders better than their competition. I, I I agree, but I think the next like five or so could jump anywhere Easily. into that fourth. Easily. They but can. It's, but it's not worth putting money on. Yeah. So it's so hard. And, and of course, Cat. But know. not all four will. Just like one out of those five or whatever will yeah. jump up. The other will still be back. To, it's just a yeah. someone will catch fire maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. So, uh, and you can't bet against Katrina until she implodes or does something. But I, but there's no way she's just been so. I don't good. see that happening. So. I think Paige Pierce will win a few more over her before yes, the year of is course. over. I think Burkis will get one or two before the year is over. I think towards the end of the year, Hokum has a chance to 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 rip something off. Especially when she's like starts to understand. I think that is the biggest learning curve of any player on the pro circuit, male or female, is Hokum to Gyro. I agree. 
they've got a lot of great discs, but it's but with her unique like lots of Anheuser and Heiser flip forehand stuff. It's and gyro definitely has a little bit of different, and she really likely had fairly little familiarity with it at all. So yeah, like some of us, oh, we've thrown an envy, we've thrown this right. or that. She every pro on earth. Oh, I've thrown a destroyer. Yeah, like she yeah. may not have ever you know handled many of those. So that's definitely gonna be gonna take some time to to work that out. So I agree. That'll that'll be an important part. Word. All right, so we've got our picks in. Any other thoughts on Portland Open before I move us on to the uh, deer review? Um, it's going to be real pretty. Agreed. We're going to get you know weeks in a row of this too. So we got Milo coming up next. Should be incredible. So yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll have some good wrap up next week. Yeah, should be good. All right, it's time for our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Discmania DD3, 12-speed, 5-glide, minus 1 turn, and uh, 3 fade. And we're going to pair that with Revengeful Spirit by Stone Brewing Company and 8.1% Imperial IPA. And uh, this one's fruity. And our uh, DD3s, you, is that what you want to start with? Uh, yeah. Uh, mine is S-Line. It is definitely stamped S-Line uh, DD3 on the bottom. Same with this one. Sadly. So we have, uh, by the way, thank you, uh, Matt Raymond. You are the man. So we did a line of, of uh, Dismania Dis. Have we done two runs? No, just one. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we are uh, two. Two, Sorry. definitely two. So we are technically dealers. So we got like dibs on buying DD threes uh, before they were released, and totally slept on it and missed them. But Matt Raymond, uh, I, I reached out to him and he bought a good chunk and he was able to send us a few. So thank you so much. So we have one stock stamp S line DD three, and then we have a first run stamp. Uh, swirly ish, and they are from from a flight standpoint pretty much the same. Yeah. Oh, totally. So, and from a flight standpoint, they're pretty much destroyers. Kind of. Yeah. Don't kind of. They definitely are. <laughs> yeah. So there's that whole thing today on Reddit. There's a whole thing like with a destroyer stamp. Blah blah. I I don't know if I want to go that far and be like it's exactly the same. I mean, it's very possibly is, but I don't want to go. I don't <laughs> want to go that far. Um, but the flight pattern is super duper similar. We threw these with a Kong. Um, we did not throw them with a destroyer, but we already knew that a Kong is basically a destroyer because we threw the destroyer with the Kong um, and uh, commutative property in math says uh you know and also like the numbers on the disc to begin with um so I, it, very much in that exact same kind of line of of disc whether it's a destroyer you know or an outlaw or <laughs> right uh, uh so <laughs> funny thing so cloud breakers came out that was the original run of the dd3 uh, and and UC put out a video 
before this dropped, before like the stock stamp of the S line dropped and said, um, you know, the cloud breakers are a little beefier than these, you know, these next runs. And he even brought up a little bit before this, that, uh, the original specs to the cloud breaker to the DD three, Somehow in the measurements, like the max weight could only be 174, so they changed it just a little bit so the max weight could go up, and that's what the stock uh, DD3 came out to. Um, and he said they're a little less stable. And uh, with that said, I don't want to touch a cloud breaker because these were definitely stable enough for me throwing Plenty it. stable. I mean, it, when you're talking about Kong, Force destroyer this falls right in that same category where uh, unless for me personally no flip at all i if for me it is a i throw it flat it's gonna fly flat and it's gonna finish pretty far left pretty strongly if i anheuser it i was gonna get you know probably a longer flight personally for me like the max distance i'm gonna get with a disc like this i have to anheuser it and uh, it'll do a full flex kind of S turn uh, and then finish left uh, still. So that's what what it does for my type of throw. And that was probably, I'd say, like 370, 3, 375, 380 max distance for me with, with that type of shot. Right, with a, a little forced any. And then if I'm throwing it flat on a hyzer, we're talking more like 350, 360, and... Uh, finishing pretty hard left. Uh, it, I, Joe, I think I saw you flip it. Uh, not flip it, but flip it up. But I saw it flip hold it, uh, straight. Yeah, I, 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 I was, I was able to flip it up. Um, so I talked about this earlier when we throw, uh, and it happened again when we were throwing this. That there was a, a headwind one direction, a tailwind the other direction, and the tailwind, um, it was flat to maybe even a slight hyzer the entire way. But a nice clean line, like it went straight and and hooked up and finished right in the headwind. I could get it to flip up. Um, I don't really want to say turn, but the glide was nice and it finished left. Like I got it out far enough that I felt good. Of, like I got it far enough that I was like, oh, it's a distant driver. Like I put some some juice into it. It got out there. I, I, I'm happy with that. Uh, but it lived kind of the same way. I think we talked about the Kong, where I could get it to flip up. Go straight for a while, hook up, finish left. Yeah. Um, nothing. It's nothing very mind blowing. Nothing that I was like, oh my goodness, this is the second coming of yeah. X, Y, or Z. And it's, it's hard with, with a disc like that where it's made to be overstable to handle a, a power arm that can get max distance out of a shot like that, where that minus one comes into play for someone that can throw. 450 500 550 something like that but for the rest of us that you know really aren't going to throw much past 400 ever it's difficult to see the characteristics that make this a great disc for a truly pro or advanced player so that part of it for me it's hard every time we get to these 12 speed overstable discs and for a better player, they're not that overstable. But for me, yeah, it's pretty overstable. Uh, it, it still feels great. I can still throw a, a pretty long shot out of it. But I'm not going to maximize my distance potential with a disc like this. 
it's too overstable for me to to get a full flight. I'm better suited picking something that's a little bit lower speed and more understable and and trying to work with that glide. So right. Yeah, yeah. It's super predictable. It feels good in the hand. Like they 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 feel really good. Like I let the rim width is nice. It's probably even more in Robin's wheelhouse than a lot of other distance drivers. Like it's not a super wide rim for what it is. Um, I don't hate it. Yeah, uh, it feels good. It looks good. I get the hype. It's just um, it's not dissimilar to the multiple other discs that we we brought up. So I know that there are a lot, and I've talked to actually a handful of people like in disc golf media that have like allegiances to disc mania. Just they're, they're good people. And I think they treat people right. Um, and if you're like a disc mania thrower and this is your jam, I, I get it. Like this is definitely a disc that needs to be there. It definitely is not, uh, the, the beef horse, <laughs> I just made that up. I love that. Beef horse? I like thought it out of my mind and then I said it out loud and liked it even more I said it out loud than when I thought of it. Uh-huh. Um, it is not the beef horse that a PD2 is. No. Um, so this is definitely a, but, a disc that was needed in that Discmania lineup. Yeah. Especially as they're moving to... Uh, there will be the world. I, will, I know the world is going to exist where Discmania players can only carry Discmania and, and can't put a destroyer in that bag and now they can have one. Isn't that already like isn't that already a thing pretty close pretty much? Pretty much, but I know Eagle still throws gators. Yeah, that's true. Um the the it'll it's it's capping. Ultimately the players still have a lot of power right now. So like what is the manufacturer really going to do? Like y- you made this disc like the same company that that makes your disc well, makes this one, and, and what the manufacturer is doing, saying, "I let me replace for you, yeah, what you want." Like, and you've seen that with Legacy. Like, Legacy yep. players can throw mixed bags. So they're like, "Let me try and fill that mold." DG, like all yeah. these brands, like that's what the manufacturers can do, rather than saying, "No way, you cannot throw a brand that's not us," uh, because X, Y, Z. It's more so, let me make something for you so you have what you need and you feel confident in throwing only our product. And and I think yeah. this is a great step for Discmania to make that move. It's going to get so crazy. Like at some point we're going to have other major manufacturers pop up in, in this sport. And there's going to be these whole new sets of, of discs, you know, every single time we even had early episodes, where we're like, "Oh, are we ever going to run out of you know pairings or whatever it is?" And it, we certainly didn't think that we ever would, but it's it's just getting a little out of control. But I think we got the disc covered. Let's move on to the beer. So it's it's real good. <laughs> Stone Brewing Company, Revengeful Spirit, eight point one percent Imperial IPA. And uh, this one is just all kinds of fruit, so it's uh, it's mandarin, it's it's tropical. Oh, pine pineapple, orange pineapple, sure. the whole thing. The hops on this one, they're saying mosaic, laurel, and mandarina Bavaria. So I I would say grapefruit, or I, I'm fine with them saying mandarin orange, but it's like mandarin orange if you bite through 
like the rind. Okay. And get that little. Well, uh, I think that that kind of comes acid. Like everybody knows that the fruit flavors are. Everyone knows you're supposed to just eat a, a mandarin orange hole. Don't peel that shit. Just bite on in. No, I meant that that the beer profile flavors are not exactly. It's just like the the. Like the orange rind is probably a better description of the flavor in a in a kind of orangey citrus beer. True, but than it is, an actual. It's got like that little sweetness. Oh, it, very much so. And by little, I mean yeah, a, a decent very amount. Very much so. Um, yeah, it's it's like nearing syrupy, like at times. Yeah, I mean it is it is a strong beer. Um, it's eight point one, but it's not it's not boozy. No, um, I mean you know you you know you're getting a little punch, but it's not, it's not really getting after it. I mean maybe if you're crazy, you might buy a six pack, uh, a little box of cans, and sit down and you know maybe watch some disc golf, uh, or maybe some letter Kenny, and all of a sudden you drink four cans out of that box and uh, you're doing just fine. Yeah, it's and a- also a little. That's oddly specific, but uh, I get where you're coming from. It sounds like maybe I just hear about a lot of stories. If you listen to the pre-show, like it's not specific to one person, just something like I may have heard. Uh huh. No, of course. You know, uh, that makes sense. You never but know. Overall, uh, very strong beer for one. Uh, doesn't taste like it's crazy strong. No, you can still. Tell you're getting in trouble. So it, it's oh, not yeah. it's not like you you have no idea what's going on. You're like, oh, this tastes like a five percent beer. No, you know what you're getting into. But the the nice tropical pineapple flavor that comes through is is awesome. Uh, great bitterness, kind of a sweet finish to it. Uh, really nice. I I love it. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like you have like um, some like bowling pins that are on fire and you're juggling them and you're. Uh, you're juggling between your legs, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, my tank got burned a little bit. I knew I was playing with fire. It's all right. Wow. That was that was a lot of, of like mileage that? to, to make like it around to that mediocre. I mean, it was a great joke. I loved bang, it. Bang, Sorry. bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Uh, so let, should we give our a rating? Oh, yeah. Let's roll it. Like, that's uh, 8.1. That doesn't taste like 8.1. That's that's uh disc golf podcast wheelhouse for beer on the course approved Tw- 12 ounce cans like uh pretty positive um there will be another six pack now just for this weekend. hold on you just you referenced 12 ounce cans so i want to ask is there a size of can that would be like a deal breaker for you no so like you're like 12 ounce cans like it's a you know oh sorry cans Cans, okay, that was just it. It's in twelve ounce cans, so I just noted that. Just uh, cans, can Bo- yeah. there there are bottles that are are uh, deal breakers though. Yes, not for deal sure. breakers, but like twelve ounce bottles. I don't care that much. For. I'm I'm gonna go out there and be like, um, hey, uh, Russian River Brewing Company, put Pliny in a regular fucking twenty two. Right, just give me 22. twenty two. How about that? Twenty two or no glass. Yeah, uh, put it. You don't have to put it in a can. I understand you don't you don't want to do that, but put it in a regular twenty two. Also, um Thank you. Just put it in a fucking can. <laughs> just fucking just just get over yourself. Can you imagine put it in a fucking if, can if Pliny started to distribute twelve packs or even like the little box six packs yeah. of Pliny in that bright green yeah. with the red logo? 
Or or think even deeper, blind pig. People would be murdering their their neighbors for that. I'd, I'd rock blind pig on the course in yeah. cans all day. Well, yeah, but Pliny the Elder is is. I no. know, I know, I know. But blind and pig they, is low, yeah, lovely. They get there. I know. Oh, they also they have one uh, uh, a hop. Oh, I forget what it's called. They're they're doing good stuff. They're yes. doing. They, well, well, surprise, Agreed. surprise. Russian River is going to make them beer. All right. Disc um, time, Joseph. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So that's on the course. Disc. No. Um. I. So in that spot in my bag right now, um, I have a lovely, beautiful, beautifully beat in PP Biodefender. It's flat and it's beat up. Not super beat, beat enough that it, it kind of does what this disc does. So I, I basically, mine's not beat because I rarely throw it if ever like joe when was the last time you actually saw me throw my defender in a round i mean you maybe did in portland i did not you did not in portland nope no uh we had a really windy day in uh napa well that was a long i may not have even had a defender in my, oh yeah you're right you did i did that you might did. That, like was the first round so, that you had a bio defender so a disc like this for me comes out in rounds like that where I'm dealing with wind um, and I want to also get good distance with it. So it's not a common shot for me. Typically, I work on lower speeds. Um, most of the time, I'm driving with Thunderbirds or a Trespass when I need a little more distance. Um, and, you know, beneath that, I throw FDs. So it's, it's really not an every round shot or even every other round it's it's when i'm dealing with windy conditions for the most part otherwise i'm going to trust a more understable disc uh to do what i need i mean with that description you you should just put a dd3 in your bag i mean that that's kind of what i was getting to i mean so uh once again we do have one with a first run stamp on it it looks pretty you know it's gonna beat up real nice um I, I mean, you should probably just put it in your bag. You're probably right. You know what? I'm just going to do it. Why not? It's, that's a smart move. That's a smart move. Yeah. Carry that DD3. Carry that torch. Be a little different. Um, yeah, maybe, totally different than maybe this all will the people. Be, maybe this will be the disc that uh, this mania gets consistent with. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't, even better for you to have that first run in the bag. Yeah, totally. It's going to be great. All right, I'm going with it. I like it. It's in my bag, so we're three out of four. I love the beer dun, as dun. well. Oh, yeah, the beer. So three out of four. Um, this is, I mean, I guess it was two out of three for him, but I'm going to call it the same thing. This is Garrett Gerthy with a big-ass win. He went. He was on the chase card round two, did work in the rain, did work on the ball golf course, played his game, threw stupid, crazy, long sonic shots because he's a G. Yep. I guess he's a double G. Like that? I, uh, yeah, that was... I didn't see that coming at all. I don't think you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a this is a uh, Garrett Gerthy De La victory. Very nice. All right, well, that's all we got on this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast. I would encourage you to check out our website, throwstuffatstuff.com. A couple of things you can do there. One, get yourself a Disc Golf Podcast shirt. You can do that. Get yourself a Disc Golf Podcast disc. Also awesome. The last thing, probably the best thing you can do, and it costs zero money, is hit the join Slack link and join our awesome Disc Golf Slack community 
full of disc golf podcast listeners, full of disc golfers just in general, people in your area, uh, playing your local courses, channels for posting awesome discs that you just got, channels for getting help on your form. It's really an incredible community filled with people that are just generally awesome. So check it out. Uh, throwstuffatstuff.com. Hit the join Slack link. Uh, join us. Joe and I will welcome you. After that, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. We do a pre-show every single week before our episodes. You can get access to those by becoming a patron and basically get two disc golf podcasts a week. One that is a lot more ridiculous than the one that uh, comes right after it. I'll say right now, if you have an ace or you don't have an ace, the pre-show this week is 100% worth listening to. You should check it out. Very enjoyable. I think I think you'll find it worth it. Also, maybe you ran through all our episodes and you want more. Well, there's like 70-something pre-shows on there, so you instantly get access to all of those. So do it, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast lastly please throw five stars on us whatever pod app you're you're reviewing us in put that nice review it gets new listeners to the show we appreciate all of you for doing it thank you so much and get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff this is a song for the aceless but those with aces listen closely don't always have to huck it hard In fact, sometimes that's not right to do Sometimes you got to lay it up And fucking not run an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you want to put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say, hey I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it smoothly I'm gonna toss it so sweetly And then you say, hey, I hit some metal And then you say, wait a minute, Robin I think I'm starting to get it now Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me It's not a trespass But I guess it works for you What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA So let's go to the bar And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly then I'll fucking hug it softly And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly But then I'm gonna hug it